Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Um, this, this month, these six weeks, we're looking at what it means to be daring, uh, what it looks like to be uh, expressing our lives in a daring way. And this is our theme for 2020, uh, as we, our elders, kind of discern and imagine what our next season looks like, what the vision that God is giving us looks like. Uh, this year, we want to say we want to encourage you and we want to be daring. We're seeing some daring acts Uh, some daring expressions of worship over the last few weeks and we've invited you to participate in daring worship not just in this space but in uh, the way in which we go about our lives. Uh, We've invited you to uh, think different uh, daringly about how we pray, daring faith, uh, daring service and uh, this week we're going to explore daring proclamation. Last week after our daring service, I heard stories of people who'd been called to serve unexpectedly in families. Uh, I heard stories of people who'd been sharing with their friends during the week about what they'd heard on the Sunday. People have been uh, capturing it and engaging with it and excited by it and encouraged by it. So we hope that you have also been encouraged in daring acts as well. My heart and my prayer and desire has been over these leaks for me even to demonstrate daring leadership that would awaken and stir, even I'm gone so strong to say provoke and rattle some cages, but also to encourage and inspire us to live out of relationship with God as we consider what it is to be in daring faith, daring prayer, daring worship, daring service, Daring Proclamation, and next week we conclude our series with Daring Invitation. Um, It's an invitation to an encouragement to cultivate a daring life that goes hand in hand with God's purposes. I hope also that you've been encouraged by our testimonies that we've had. John and Leanne are going to make their way up here for me now. Um, They've got a testimony. I wasn't sure if it was John and Leanne or just John. Not sure. Uh, I've got a couple of other things. So John Leanne chased me down this morning and said, we've got, a, uh, we've got something that happened to us we'd like to share. So, cool. Thank you. I wrote it in note form so I can be quick in theory. So. <laughs> no theory, mate. <laughs> I'd like to give you a little bit of a background, what just happened in our lives this last week. I'm a third generation farmer from Glen Lee. My grandfather was a pioneer in our district in the late 1800s. Both my father, my grandfather, my father and my brother all died while working on the farm. Well, still on the farm, I should say. Several years ago, Leanne talked to me about going to town. My simple reply was, no. <laughs> I like living and working where I do, on the farm. And that's where you hang your boots up. At that stage, we thought it would be good for David and family to move at the homestead, and Leon and I took a look at shifting a house onto the farm. We then began a search for a house to move, and finally decided we couldn't find one and decided to build one. We found a company that built kit homes, and I was going to be an owner-builder. A house is a glorified shed, and I built several of them, and it was going to be a challenge for me. <laughs> Leanne spent many, many hours 
drafting her dream home, complete with her ideal kitchen, laundry and office. At about the same time, we began the process of getting permits. For over two years, we interacted with the appropriate authorities and got nowhere. The solution was we needed a title realignment which involved in getting a landing, land surveyor and in September we approached him and he promised that he would have it done in four weeks. This is in September. Once again, in four weeks, once that happened, the rest would all fall into shape and we had to get, get, get to build a house. But as of last week, we are still waiting. Last Saturday, Leanne got the idea we should go and check out some open houses for sale in Horsham. She asked me to go along, not enthusiastic about the idea. As I'd been away in the week, all week in the truck, I thought it was something we could do together. Went to the first house, an a renovator's nightmare. Second house, the walls needed to be taken out. We thought I'd have a quick look at the third house and I could get home and load my truck. We looked at the house, then at one another, and looked at the house again. There was something about that house. Leanne made some comments that it ticks nearly all the boxes, plus more. I wasn't sure, because I didn't have many to tick. <laughs> there was an automatic watering system in the garden, and all we needed was Simon to come and mow our lawns. You're good at it. Well, walk away, brother. Walk away now. <laughs> it's not a word of the Lord. <laughs> so we went home, got out our plans for the house we wanted to build, and redid and looked at all our figures, including the cost of blowing a block of land and moving the house in later years. We decided we were just as well off, if not better, to buy a house in Horsham. And also, over a period of time, God has been working on our hearts concerning our future and what our destiny involved and where he wants us to do things outside the farm. For me, it's been quite a journey, as John explained. And the week before we went looking at these houses, God challenged me to lay down my will and to pray the prayer of your will be done, as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. And... Um, I didn't realise exactly anything about that at that stage, what, you know, that meant. So Saturday morning off we went to look at the houses, didn't sleep Saturday night. <laughs> Sunday morning, got to church, every word that was spoken, the song sang, daring, faith, everything said yes <laughs> to the house. And... Um, Right from when we stepped into the house, it felt like God was saying yes. And this house was meant to be sold last November and it fell through. And it's just like God was saying that he was keeping the house for us. And um, John rang me. So Saturday morning we looked at the house. Sunday, morning, Sunday after church we went back. John spoke to the person involved, put an offer in. I wasn't with him. <laughs> Tuesday morning, John rang me to say the house has been taken off the market and it was taken off the market because he accepted our offer. <laughs> so 
eventually we will move to Horsham and we long to be more part of a more active involvement in the church here and that will make it so much easier for us. And we just we are just stunned and overawed at what God has done. It's just we're still not believing <laughs> in some ways. That's brilliant. We want to declare blessing over your home and over your marriage. We want to declare peace as you make this. I know it's huge. Yeah. Oh, well, I think, you know, and there'll be moments of grief in that. And obviously there is now. Uh, thank you for sharing so uh, humbly uh, and graciously with us. May God continue to bless your marriage and your home, bring new life and new peace as you prepare to move into that new home and release new favour uh, and new ministry for you both as you continue to remain obedient and humble to surrender your will to the heart of the Father. Well done. Thank you very much. Good on you. Congratulations. Now I'm just going to go uh, walk about here. Uh, people always get nervous when I go walk about. Um, Who's nervous? Oh, I might come to you. So, no. So, Ron, I want you to stand up for me, brother. Can you please stand up for me, please? Come on, mate. No one's looking at you. I want to. <laughs> come on. Come on. You've stood up once. I want you to stand up again twice. Ron, we want to bless you as our brother in Christ because last week Ron Milliken made a stand and a declaration of faith. This is a certificate to say that you've been baptised and also a DVD gift there to remind you of that decision that you've made and we want to continue to bless you and let you know that you're loved and may God continue to release you and encourage you as you continue to walk in faith. Thank you for sharing that with us and I know already you've been an encouragement to many others. All right? All right. Blessings to you, brother. And then I'm going in here, excuse me, I'm just going to take a, so I feel like Andrew Denton. Um, <laughs> last, week I, uh, last week I had heard about a conversation with a lady by Audrey Kelly. Uh, Audrey, you've been in faith for a long period of time. Do you know how long you've been following Jesus? It'll be 73 years since I was baptised. 73 years since you've been, yeah, give him a round of applause, absolutely. So you, you've seen some stuff in your lifetime then, Audrey? I have. I've seen good times and bad times. Yes. But God has always helped me through the bad times and enjoyed the good times with me. Fantastic. Yep. I had a mother who never ever, she was a true Christian, but never ever pushed me into, I want you to be baptised. Yep. I went to her one day and I said, Mum, I would really feel I'd like to give my love to God. Mm. And she said, oh, Lord, that makes me so happy. Yeah. But I would never push you unless it was in your heart. No, very good. And uh, that's what I did. Yeah. We, when the invitation was given, I got very brave and walked up the aisle. And uh, Mr Combridge was the minister then. Wow. And uh, the next week, he baptised me. Yes. And Simon, I can never believe, I think that's why I felt emotional, Yep. I know who I told last week. Yep. She knows too. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt for the ones that had been baptised that day. Mm. And I thought, I wonder if they feel like I felt. Yeah. I just felt when I was raised up out of the water, I felt a new person. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I just say to anybody today, look, if you're wondering, will I, won't I, will I, won't I, Go and do it because my life has improved right through. Yep. And I've got a, 
a deeper love and everything for God. Brilliant. The other thing I want to, you picked up on your heart was stirred by the different generations that were baptised. When I rang you, that was, tell me about that. Well, I think I always feel emotional and wonder how people feel in their hearts. And I don't know why it was so much last week, but I think it was the older person and the younger person. Yeah, yeah. And I felt, well, it doesn't matter your age. Mm. When you find you really love God and you want to take him into your heart for the rest of your life, just do it. Yep. And that's how I felt with the... Brilliant. Yes. Audrey, thank you for your faithful witness. Thank you for your example. And thank you that you've endured and that you continue to run the race of life and faith. Thank you very much. Yes, and please. All the way here today, I thought, how am I going to do it? Why? Well, you did it. Easy. Look at that. Why did my friend get me into this mess? Because I'll never be able to do it. And I thought, well, God, you've got me out of worse situations than this. So get me through this one. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't actually ring up your friend and ask for her permission either. So I just did it. So there you go. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, how good is that? Um, I think the person I make most nervous when I do things like that is our sound guy. Um, so our sound techs get a bit nervous when I take the microphone and start walking around. But well done, sound guys. Well done, sound tech. Andrew, thank you very much. Hey, um, I guess um, part of this daring series is we want to encourage you to see your work, your family, your neighbourhood as an opportunity to serve as an overflow of God's love for every single person. Um, also, we've encouraged us to consider ways we might be able to serve the body of Christ to build up, to engage the church in the local community. So we want to continue to participate in that. And so we come to daring proclamation. Now, I'm mindful when we think about proclamation uh, we probably get a bit nervous. Some of us might feel a bit overwhelmed. Some of us might feel stuck. Some of us will feel inadequate. But I hope by the end of this message that you have seen, heard and encountered different ways in which we can spark the proclamation and declare the good news of Jesus Christ um, and how we might be able to go, have a go um, throughout this week. But I just want to give you the framework. And I give you the framework, not as guilt. Now, what we want to do is... Um, I don't want us to use the word should here today. This is an invitation because should creates guilt, creates that often creates condemnation and shame. What I want us to hear is the grace and the love and the authority that we're given in Jesus Christ. Okay, So we come, come through that lens. This is how Jesus invites us to participate in this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Now, I think we're already a little bit, we might feel a little bit behind the ball because we feel like maybe we've had a go at this and we haven't seen it work. That does, that's, that's an invitation to keep trusting in Jesus. That's an invitation into daring faith that we continue to believe that we're one day, one step closer when we don't see it work in our mind. In Matthew 28, of course, the Great Commission, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, followers, learners of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. In Mark chapter 6, 
uh, verses 7 and 12, calling the 12 to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. And they went out and preached that people should repent, turn around or realign with who Jesus is and the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 9 and 10, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. The good news being Jesus is amongst us. The expression of God, the revelation of God is here amongst us. We declare healing in this. And after this, in chapter 10, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And one of my favourite texts, one of my favourite verses in the whole of Scripture, in uh, the book of Acts that uh, Luke writes, um, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love that verse. Absolutely. Every time I read that verse, it does my heart good. It's a good reminder that it's not about being the expert. It's not about having all the answers. It's not about having all the theological uh, language that goes with it. It's about being with Jesus. Because some days I feel pretty ordinary and unschooled. And yet this is a great, one of the greatest encouragements to me personally in all of Scripture. So today... A couple of different ways uh, that are, and reflections that have been recently shared with me. So Marion's going to come up and share a story with us all the way from Nagishot. Where are you, Marion? If you can make your way up here. Nagishot is in South Sudan. And she, Mar, um, Marion's going to share a story from Margaret Papoff, who is one of our uh, mission partners. Thanks, Marion. This is in your booklet that you've received this morning, but you may not read it, so it's being read this morning. This is what Margie says. I hurried down the path on my way to Ravina's wheat field. I had told her that I would come help her harvest that evening, and there was still more than an hour of light left. Up ahead, a lone woman stumbled along a small sack of grain in one hand and a five-litre plastic bottle in the other. When I reached her, I noticed she was elderly and had fallen into the bushes. I helped her up and took the bottle filled with water out of her hand and offered her my other one to lean on. Although I couldn't smell alcohol on her breath, I figured she was quite full of it. Someone probably gave her gin. I had no idea who she was or where she lived, and I hope she was still aware enough to find her way home. As we walked, she suddenly said the name Jesus several times. I asked her what her name was and she said Maria. I asked her where she lived, but I couldn't understand her answer, so I just kept walking, working hard to keep her upright and hoping she didn't live far down in the valley. She suddenly turned left into an opening I was relieved that she'd found her way home, for there was no one in her compound when we arrived there. I placed her bottle down, took the sack of grain from her and asked her to sit on a nearby log. She was so unstable I was afraid she would hurt herself. 
I told her I was leaving and she very animatedly told me to sit down. So I did. I wondered if she was lonely. She told me her name was Maria again. And I started to say, my name is, when she finished the sentence with Jesus. No, I'm not Jesus, but he's here and he loves you. I told her my name and she repeated it and smiled. We sat and talked for several minutes before I took my leave, but not before she rummaged around in her hut for a few avocados to give me as gratitude. I wondered what she knew about Jesus and decided I needed to visit her again when she was sober. Many in the hills live that way, filling their days with alcohol. Would you pray with me for this spiritual bondage to be broken? Thanks, Marion. Pretty simple story, isn't it? What did Margaret do except proclaim Jesus, proclaim the good news, express the kingdom of God? Jesus is with us. No, I am not Jesus, but Jesus is with us. Do you know I've had some of the most deeply spiritual conversations with drunk people? Not that I want to encourage you to get drunk before you come and have a conversation with me. (laughs) But anyway, I I just think that was a beautiful expression of proclaiming the kingdom of God. Lockie, uh, you make your way up here, mate. Uh, Lockie attended a a CAP conference and came home uh, thinking of proclamation. He showed me some of the things that he'd learnt and seen and I started preparing a message thinking I'll include this because I thought it was really cool and really powerful and really simple. And then I went into Lockie and I said, mate, why don't you just share this? And he went, "Uh, okay, yeah. (laughs) So Lockie's being here daring with me today. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Where do you want to start? There you go, indirect. Well, so with the, the CAP conference I went to, I was going to go with Jenny Gibson, who's our debt centre coach. Uh, she couldn't make it for family reasons, but I went along as a ministry representative, I suppose, in a sense. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, being a, a CAP money coach for the, for the money course. And uh, so I learned a few things about well, more of what they do and uh, their involvement. And this year they've actually got a new mission statement, which they presented at the conference. And it goes like this, to equip a movement of churches to serve and include the poor while confidently proclaiming Jesus. So, yeah, that's one reason why this fits really well today. Yep. Um, And the person who was leading us in that, they confidently proclaimed Jesus, but he says, we seem to have lost our confidence a bit in sharing the gospel. Mm. And so then he went through uh, some stuff about um, how it's not that hard, actually. And uh, it got me a bit excited, I think, didn't it? It did. Is that your reflection? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's some That's stuff pretty big for you to say, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for those who have been on the men's camp with um, David Cummings uh, quite a while ago, and he shared a, the conversation stack, you know, there's a, a train yes. bursting through a roof and there's goalposts, and just helps you have conversations with people that lead to uh, their mm. spiritual journey, I suppose, mm. and yep. it reminded me of that. Yep. Hmm. So what have we got? So we've got that... Uh, Relational versus direct. Yeah. Um, he said, most Christians feel they should be sharing the gospel more, but they can't or don't do anything about it. He said, frameworks, that looks like a framework, but they're not going to save anyone by themselves. And your story uh, is, has the power of God, that demonstrates the power of God in it. Um, so, 
Let's go through that then. Yep, so indirect is the gospel that's too incredible to guess. So that's where you're highly relational, you're um, very, you know people well, very friendly with them, but you're not, never really getting to tell them what the gospel is, you're just being nice and loving and, and they're going, this guy, something about this person, but I'm not sure what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yep, yep. So then the indirect and non-relational, the school makeover. That was an interesting couple of words. I can't wait to, I, I hope I read your writing right. Yeah, yeah, school yeah. makeover, okay. sort of like a back, uh, backyard blitz. So um, you might arrange oh, with okay. the school, well, we can do this for you. Uh, we'll go on the holidays where it's not an inconvenience, but you're not meeting with anyone. Um, so there's no conversation, not really any relationship. You might have talked with the principal to arrange it. Um, but you're showing the love of Christ. You, you, you know, you're serving them still. Yeah. But it's not... So it has a place but doesn't necessarily go that next step or invitational. Yeah, that's right. It's, yep. it's very low-level proclaiming Jesus. It's, yep. just, it's a real serving function, that one. Yep. And then the direct non-relational, the marketplace monologue. I love this. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we all know the story, the, the image of someone standing on the soapbox in the marketplace and telling the, the good news of Jesus, but it's one way and there's... Uh, you might get heckles or something, but it's not that relational uh, dialogue that's um, going to bring someone close. There might be, you know, there's obviously going to be some conviction for some people, but um, it's not the the model, I suppose, which is the top one where you're yeah. relational and direct. Yeah. And the examples that were given to us was uh, Jesus and Paul, yeah. who spent time with people, got to know their story, and also told, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yep. And that's, like, that's about us, no, or you might talk about this later, is a bit later, about us knowing our story as well and including, that's all right, we'll do that later. Okay, I uh, want to go into the next one then. This is our heart versus our skill. So we start off, uh, we might be motivated but not actively sharing and that's pretty flat out ineffective. Yeah, and he introduced it with Ephesians 6, 5, you know, have your feet fitted with the shoes of readiness. Yep. How ready are we? And yep. What's our skill level, in a sense? Are we prepared to share? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So if we have a heart for people, or low heart, low skill, we're not going to do much. We're not really interested in sharing our heart, our, our knowledge, our love of God, and we don't know how. No. Yep. yep. If we've got a lot of heart up the top, we might be uh, really loving people. We want to share the gospel, but we're not really sure, not very good at it, or we haven't practised, or... So you're not going to be that effective. Yep. Into lots of skill but no heart, inactive. Yeah. You know, you might be really good, have a good uh, head knowledge of the Bible, of the Gospel, but if you don't have a heart for people, you want to see people share that uh, love of God, it's not going to motivate you to go and share it, is it? I think sometimes also the barriers become about we are so active in other areas that we lose our our heart for the gospel because we're caught up in all the skill set bases so I go to work I go home I participate in activity so that's I think another area we're becoming active of sharing the gospel as well uh, and finally a mix of heart and skill is where we want to be seeing the increase planting the seed bearing the fruit yeah and I've got in my notes yeah, actively sharing with skill and uh, I dare say with with power that comes through the Holy Spirit through God yeah, yeah. I think it's important when we think about skill, one of the other things too is that, um, I, I don't know about you, sometimes I walk away from conversations and I think, oh man, I made a mess of that. Um, or my prayer was 
a shambles or I don't know that I really did much. And I think, and even like so honestly, standing up here on, on Sundays, I, I've got to the point now where I've got to stand up, I use I, what I believe God has given me and I know other speakers say the same, and I've got to offer it as a gift. What, what happens beyond this moment, what happens beyond, you know, half past 11 on a Sunday morning is not up to me. That's between God and you. Um, and so it's about offering what, you know, what we bring and what we say uh, as a gift too. So did you want to plug into um, the skill? Yeah, there's, I've got some notes for skill and, yep. and heart actually. But um, okay. the skill, it's not, uh, you don't have to go get a uh, bachelor of theology. Nope. <laughs> and he said, your story, your faith story of how you came to know Jesus or uh, yeah is the most powerful thing and it's the most authentic thing that you have yep um paul in acts 26 shares his story with king agrippa if you want to write down acts 26 and uh, that's he's a very detailed version of uh, his story it goes for probably a chapter or maybe two i don't know yeah um but uh tim ashua who shared with us said he he can tell his story in 15 seconds if he if he has to he's got it uh really short and punchy yeah yeah i think the thing that i would reflect on that too is if you tell your story about even not how you came to know jesus but the impact that the good news has in your life now nobody can argue with that that's your story that's you know we're in this world of different truths whatever but you offer your story and people can't say oh that's a lot of rubbish because it's your story Mm. and then the second thing is you've got jesus story and uh there's he, he gave us there's a an app and especially if you're on apple devices you can get it i can't get it on my android device uh, see li- there you go limited to north america <laughs> again there is the word of the lord it's called it's called three circles app from uh, an or life conversation guide if you want to put that on your phone it, it it leads you through there's a little clip on there and easily share the gospel you don't wow. have to remember it. it's all on there what's it called life life application a life convers- conversation guide Life conversations, well, guys. Okay. Three, three circles, yep. three red circles oh, yes. as part of yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's worth uh, just chuck it on your phone or your iPad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So d- your story, Jesus' story. Bridging. Yes. Bridging questions. So if you've told your story, they will say, oh, that's good. <laughs> How do you keep the conversation going? And you, you, there's a whole bunch of questions you can uh, ask the other person who you're convers- uh, having conversation with like um do you have a spiritual story simple as that or what's your faith story or you know mm. s- simple things like that mm. yep into personhood being the person that others love to talk to mm. and open up uh, deeply to be warm open active active listening reflecting what you're hearing just really engaging in the conversation it's not a uh, pr- proclaiming is not a one-way thing like the yeah. marketplace thing yeah. yeah so can i just um what would someone sitting here today uh you know being warm engaging i'm not that kind of person i'm an introvert what would you say to them that's me yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah when I, at this conference he said introverts are probably better at this because they're good listeners because they don't talk so much and it's uh not about being passive, it's just about making sure you're hearing their story correctly. You know. um, so you might reflect, so when you said that, did you mean this and, you know, yep. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. 
And finally, the next step, always a next step. Yeah, it doesn't matter how old you are, how old in faith you are. Audrey, <laughs> what's the next step that you can take um, for yourself? But what can you offer the person you're with if they, uh, it might be the three circles. Would you mind if we, would you like to go through this and find out some more? Or yep. um, can I come back again next week and share something from the Bible with you? Or yep. Something next always. Cool. We might have to find the three circles, someone, admin team, and we'll have to find the three circles and put it on our next week's version event or yeah. something like that. Yep. All right? Um, so, yep. All right? So your story, the Jesus story, the bridging questions, personhood, be warm, engaging, um, and next step, invitation, uh, or and not even invitation to church, but invitation to another conversation, invitation to another coffee, invitation to another meal, whatever it might be, uh, so you continue the conversation. The challenge is not to let it drift off into a social... Yep. That, uh, you know, as good as that is... Um, yep. Yeah, Christ wants us to be his ambassadors. Cool. And that's where the heart... Yes. Yeah. Yep. Do you want to go through these or do you just want me to keep going with that? Uh, no, yeah, well, it's cross love that compels us. If you, uh, if you, if you feel like uh, you want to share the gospel more, but uh, I don't know, you, you don't really feel the need or something, yep. uh, it's Christ's love. So spend more time in his word, spend more time praying. Your heart for the lost will grow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And the conviction... So this is, yeah, 2 Corinthians 5.14. Yes. Uh, we do this, our, our heart is strong, because we are convinced that uh, Jesus died for all. Yeah. And so all are worth uh, loving and serving and saving. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a big gap from, I think when I was growing up, it was, you know, turn to Jesus or spend eternity in hell. Um, <laughs> uh, but Christ's love, and there, there's some truth to that, but what we actually want to do is help people discover life in Jesus. Now, today. The, the promise and the fullness of life in Jesus. Uh, our identity in Christ, as like he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are Christ's ambassadors. Um, we are the ones who represent him. Um, yep. Do you want to pick up on abiding? Yeah, so that uh, comes back to how effective you are and uh, it's not, your story has power because it's Christ working in you, it's his power. Yeah. And so you remain in Christ and you will bear fruit. So it's not what we do. It's not really on us. We are just faithful with what we have, share our story, and uh, yeah. the power of Christ, yeah. the Holy Spirit works in it. Cool. Yeah. And there will be opposition. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you gave us three things. There's uh, the flesh, so it's, it's our own doubts and fears and things like that. Yeah. Uh, there's the world, other people might um, say things that discourage you, things like that. And there's the spiritual, uh, there's the devil. Yep. He doesn't want us to succeed or yeah. share the good news. Yeah. Cool. Brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. Well done. That wasn't too hard, was it? No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Oh, look at that. Team's all over it. Can you find that on the internet, though? Because that's only the... Is that the Apple version, or is that... That's the Apple. So there you go. Life Conversation Guide is the Apple app. You might be able to find that. Um, so... I was, think, I was thinking about um, the idea of proclamation... Um, 
And I don't know if I've asked this question very well. What's, what's one daring proclamation? Not, don't even think about who you might be able to do it with this week, although that might be part of it. What's one daring proclamation that you could say or proclaim or declare this week? So, um, and I wrote down as we were singing today, as uh, our team was leading us through those beautifully done songs and being daring in their worship and in their leadership of us, we got to Jesus all for Jesus. And um, I heard this sentence, uh, proclaiming a kingdom truth requires a, a surrendering of our will to, uh, into the heart of the Father. Proclaiming a kingdom truth requires a surrendering of our will into the heart of the Father. If we want to proclaim the good news, that means we need to surrender to Jesus. And um, I think one of the other challenges is we feel like we go in conversations, and I know I had this is for me as well, that we go into these conversations of proclamation, we feel like we've got to convince everyone in that very moment. By the time we walk out, people should have declared Jesus Christ as Lord. And there's some people, if you're gifted in this, you are the gifted evangelists among us. This is a spiritual gift that you have. I'm not wired that way. I'm a long-term, long, slow burn Lots of seeds, lots of conversations. I could improve on uh, perhaps sometimes making it too social. I could take the next step. Uh, so there's lots of lessons in that for me as well. Um, but I think it's also a, a declaration that we make, make over ourselves, a daring proclamation ourselves. Because you know what I hear a lot around this city? This is the way it's always been. And I am sick of it. Sick of it, sick of it, sick of it. I have been for a long time, incidentally. Um, but no, it's not the way it's always meant to be. We are not meant to be a city in poverty. We are not meant to be a city with high levels of domestic violence. We are not meant to be a city with high levels of mental health issues. We are not meant to be a city with um, drug issues and alcohol issues that causes homelessness. This is not our lot in life. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think some of it is about, like, even if you're walking down the street, you're walking down the street, a daring proclamation is saying, hey, this is kingdom territory. I declare this territory for the kingdom of God. I declare this neighborhood for the kingdom of God. I declare this house for the kingdom of God. I declare this marriage for the kingdom of God. I declare this workplace for the kingdom of God. When I step in the doors, this is for the kingdom of God. This is for the glory of God. I declare this. That's not hard, is it? Surely that's not hard for followers of Jesus who have been sitting in a church building for who knows how long. And we need, but some of that is surrendering our will to the love of the Father because we face the opposition that says, oh, we've tried that, we've tired. No, you know what? We haven't trusted Jesus. Really. It might be your, and the cards are back on the seats today, your daring proclamation might be, um, I am loved by God. That might be as far as you can get this week. Well done. That might be your daring proclamation. I am loved. My family is loved. Your daring proclamation might be, I am known by God. Your daring proclamation might be, I break, I break the generational mentality and curses that have been put over me or mindsets that have been put over me. Your daring proclamation might be, I will choose to love my wife, I will choose to love my husband sacrificially and with respect and with honour and with love. What would your daring proclamation, one daring proclamation this week, 
Just one that declares the kingdom of God. If 230, 250 people in this room make one daring proclamation, you don't think that's going to cause a stir? I do. As I've said before over the last few weeks, we are kingdom carriers. We are not characters, um, carriers of some horrible virus. We are carriers of the kingdom. And my hope, my belief, thanks Jay, um, is that we might start to believe and dare to believe and dare to proclaim in ways small and large that we are the light carriers. I know that some of us are in hard times at the moment. I know some of us are in struggles. I know some of us are uncertain of um, what the future holds. Uh, But we can still be proclaiming kingdom truth. Thanks, bro. Uh, So this morning, uh, as part of our ministry time, as part of uh, praying as the church for the church, uh, a few weeks ago, we had a few people that were sharing their testimony and talking about the fact that what they were going through was what their family had always gone through, much like what Simon had just been uh, talking about, that oh, this is the way it's always been. So people would say, oh, my mum had this and my grandma had this or my dad had it and, my da- and my, his dad had it. Um, and that, like, that is a tool of the enemy. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's not actually how we're meant to live. We're actually meant to pass down a healthy legacy from one generation to the next. That's the kingdom way. And so uh, one of the things that I wanted to go after this morning was if you, um, if, you, if you have ever said, ever in your life said, oh, well, that's the way it's always been, or, oh, well, my mum had it, so I'm going to have it, and it might be disease, it might be poverty, it might be mental health issues, it might be a lack of something in your life, um, we want to pray into that this morning. So normally we do this one-on-one, and that's great. I'm happy to do that one-on-one. I met with somebody this week and did that. But if we can do it in bulk, that's even better. Okay, so if you have ever said that to yourself or about somebody in your family, that's the way it's always been, that's the way it's always going to be, or that's my light in life, I want you to stand up and we're going to pray through a prayer together. And standing up isn't to put it on show, it's just a statement that you actually want to step into this and take a step of faith to be a part of this and go through this process together. So if you want to pray this prayer, we call this the generational prayer. And if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're near some of these people, if you want to gather around them, uh, lay hands on them just so that they know that they are not alone and that they're supported and you can pray with them through this. This is going to be a bit different because I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. All right, and we're going to get to a place where we talk about how these things have manifested. It might be a lie that you're believing. And in that point, I want you to actually say what the lie is that you're believing. So the lie, it might be simply the lie that it's always going to be this way. Or the lie that this has always been in my family, so it's always going to be in my family. Does that make sense? All right. So I'll tell you when to repeat after me. Holy Spirit, we we love you. We welcome you. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for what you have already been doing. Thank you for what you're about to do. So repeat after me. I place the cross of Jesus in my family bloodline. And I sever all ties with this ungodly part of my natural heritage that has manifested 
Now name that lie, name what it is that it might be. Speak that out. It might be a list of things, it might be more than one, that's okay. List it all. God is not afraid of what you're going through, God is not afraid of your history and God knows your future and he's got more in store for every single one of us. All right, here, repeat after me again. I claim the power of the cross all generations back and all generations forward to break the power of all the demonic spirits assigned to me to perpetuate this in my family line. By the power of the cross, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command these demonic spirits and these lies out of my life, out of my thoughts, out of my perceptions of myself and others, out of my feelings and emotions, out of my relationships, out of my ways of relating to others, away from my marriage, away from my children and grandchildren, out of my destiny and calling, and completely out of my future. I seal this in my spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So now before you move on from that, what I want you to do, if you have prayed that prayer, what I want you to do is just connect with Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what is the truth that you want to give me in place of the lie I've been believing? So just do that now right where you are. He might give you a picture. He might give you a word. Just put your hands out to receive from Him. He might give you a feeling in your gut. Holy Spirit, what is the truth that you want to give me? And don't be afraid or fearful if you don't see anything or hear anything. But He's a good Father and He'll give you what you need. And I encourage you, whatever He has given you, whatever He will give you, to write that down, to record it, to share it, uh, to hold on to that truth and declare that truth. Because the enemy loves to remind you of your past. Uh, and that's not God's way for every, any, any one of us. So, Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the perfect, loving Father, the way that you love every single one of us. Thank you that we're made in your image. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And not one of us is a mistake, God. Thank you that nothing, no one can separate us from your love. Thank you for these people that have stood and said enough is enough. I'm not believing these lies anymore. But it's a new season in my family. It's time for a change of direction. It's time to get in line with the kingdom truth. We pray your peace that surpasses understanding over these people, over their families, over their homes. We plead the blood of Jesus over them that no weapon formed against them will prosper or remain. Just as Jared's leading us that prayer, I want to invite us to stand. We're going to go into Waymaker, and I feel like the seats that we're in 
represent that place that we might be stuck in. It might represent that baggage that we carry. It might represent those things that this is the way it's always been. I really want to invite us today, just move out of the seat. Just move away. Make a public declaration, even even for yourself, that what has been is no longer. There's a new proclamation in our home, in my heart, in my head, in my spirit. If you need prayer as we sing this song, we invite you to move to the front. If you just want to come down and enjoy the song in a different kind of space to say, no, I'm leaving that behind and I'm stepping into this, then we want to invite you into that as well. Um, I'm I'm not going to say any more apart from believe Jesus to be the way maker. May you go walking in the knowledge. May we go as people who declare and proclaim his truth wherever we walk, wherever we speak, wherever we work. In the name of Jesus.